Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. About today, I've been antsy um, this whole weekend because of this new series called Am I Made for Greatness? And the answer to that is absolutely yes, you are. And we're going to go ahead and spend the next few weeks unpacking, you know, how that is and, and what the purpose is for. Not wasting any time, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, it says this, and this is a, a very familiar story, one that you've heard many, many, many times, but hopefully we'll give, you know, some new insight to this story. It says again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Talking about the kingdom of God here. To the one, he gave five bags of gold. To the other, two bags. And to the other, one bag. Any one talented people in the house today, you just got one talent. Like you don't have five talents. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just, you're just happy with the one. And, um, and, uh, and so it goes on to say that these different amounts were given to different people according to their ability. I want you to repeat that after me, according to their ability. So he didn't give them something that they were not able to manage. He gave them what it is that he entrusted to them because of their ability to manage it. It goes on to say, then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one that had two bags of gold went and gained two more. But the one man who had received only one bag went off and he dug a hole into the ground and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, that even what we've read already, it's already beginning to minister. Why? Because your presence is here and your word is life. And that's what we do right now, God. We choose to speak life in Jesus' name, taking our eyes off of the craziness in our world, the chaos that's sometimes surrounding us, Lord. We choose right now to focus on you, your goodness, and your word that brings life to those that receive it. I pray over these next few moments, Lord, that you would help this time to really hit the mark. And what I mean by that is that lives would be changed and transformed because of the word of God that hits the mark always and changes lives always. We pray these things today in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. All right, so how many know that Jesus is going to return and he is going to return with a purpose and that is to reconcile accounts or to settle accounts like he's coming back you know what i mean not just to receive his bride but how many of you know that this is a picture that he's going to settle accounts like he's going to come with some questions see many believe in jesus christ and yes he is the son of god and yes we trust him to forgive us of our sins and yes 
We're going to make it to heaven because of the work of the cross of Christ. Amen? But I want you to know this, that he's coming back with a question that every single one of you is going to have to answer yourself. Like your mom's not going to be able to answer it for you. Your grandmother that, that was a praying woman, a mighty woman of God, she's not going to be able to answer it for you. But you're going to have to answer it for yourself. And this question is going to be, what did you do with Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? Well, I, I believed in him and I received him and that's all good and great. But what did you do with the gifts and the talents that he entrusted to you because of your ability? What did you do with them? I want to ask a question just real quick. Like, who is really, really good? Like, you've got a gift of losing things. Anybody have a gift of losing things? In my family, like, there's one person that comes to mind, and then there's a second person that just follows. But my son, Tyler, is the king at losing things. And thank God he's got his mother, which knows where everything is, right? And, um, and, and he is just the king. But if I was going to be honest, like he received that part of who he is from his dad. It didn't come from, it didn't come from his mom. And so, so I've got to apologize and I've got to admit where that, where, that, where that comes from. Why do you have to apologize? Because anytime that I am multitasking, and let me be clear what multitasking is to your pastor, multitasking is thinking about just two different things at the same time. It's not, like multi, it's not like juggling eight balls. It's literally thinking about two different things at the same time. And so when I am multitasking, my chances of misplacing something goes way up. You know what I'm saying? And I also have to say that it's a perfect storm within our family because I multitask quite often, not with many things, but with at least two things. I do that quite often. And a thing that my wife does all the time, like she lives in this place where she's always cleaning things up. She is always, if something is out of order, she lives in this place of order. Thank you, Jesus, for that, because we, we really, really compliment one another. Like, but this is terrible because every single time I've multitasked and I've, and I've misplaced my keys, I'm repenting, I'm a work in progress, right? We all know that. But she usually gets the brunt end of it. Where did you put my keys? I know I put them right here on the table. You had to go clean everything up. And certainly what happened was, is you have misplaced my keys. I know that I know that I know that I know that I put them right here. And then when I find them, I realize that I didn't put them right there. I put them someplace else. And so we have the perfect storm. But who does that? Like who, who loses things often? I want you to know that there's a fix and there's a solution that if you will just but find a spot, one spot in your household where you put your stuff, the valuable things like your wallet, Right? I lose my wallet just as much as I lose my keys, my wallet, my keys, and I'm still working on this. But if you can find one spot, one place where you put those every single time that you enter into the house, I believe this, that your chances of keeping track of your valuable possessions will go way up. 
I believe that. But you got to train yourself, and I got to train myself. And so years ago, I remember going on a mission trip. I don't know how many times I've been to Africa, but a lot. We've done a lot of work in, in Uganda. And I remember years ago, we were going back to do another pastor's conference where they bring in pastors from all of these different villages and and, um, we spend about four or five days just training them up and equipping them and encourage them and blessing them and and eating good food and all of that good stuff. And so, so this was another one of those trips going to Uganda and I've got my bags packed and I always with my passport in my, I always do a backpack and then another carry on bag and I always put the things that I'm going to need like my wallet and my headphones and 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 my passport I always put them as at an easily accessible space in a place in my backpack I've got a zipper at the very top of my backpack that way I can feel if somebody's messing around you know what I'm saying like I don't trust people in the airport you know don't want to get my stuff stolen so it's always like right there it's always right there and so I'm flying out tomorrow morning and I'm just kind of going over everything and and uh, and I realize I open up my zipper pouch in the top of my backpack and my passport is not there my passport has been Tina probably cleaned up and she misplaced it type of a deal. I don't know why she was cleaning the top of my backpack, but but instead of putting it in the top zipper of my backpack, what I really did is I put it in the top zipper of my carry-on bag. I must have been multitasking, but I want you to realize this, that the schedules had been made, the preparations planned, right? My bags have been packed. All these pastors from all these different villages are going to, you know, meet at a certain place to get encouraged by, by a bunch of foreign people from different places. And, and, and everything is set and everything is ready. And there's a multi-million dollar plane that's waiting to take me, you know what I mean, from Salt Lake City to Uganda, Africa, with a couple of different stops, of course. But everything is ready. The jet is fueled and Preparations have been made, but a $100 piece of paper that's in the form of a small booklet is going to keep any of this from happening. And I just want you to know that that, that there have been powerful things that God has created you for, but many of these things require a pass. They require a key. See, there's greatness in your future, but that greatness requires the proper key to unlock it. Number one, if you're taking notes, I don't have all these numbered, but I want you to write this down. Every single person has a distinct gift and a unique aptitude. This is something that comes naturally to you, but it doesn't come natural to everybody else. Like you just do it because that's what it is that you do. But if somebody else was going to do what it is that you do, they would have to work extra hard at it. They would have to take a lot more time than what it is that you take. And so it's your God-given gifting. It, It aligns with the purpose by which you were created. It's your advantage in life. Somebody say advantage. How many of you love the advantage? Like, give me all of the advantages in the world. Man, I would just love to have more advantage. And so, what is your God-given gift? 
You know, maybe you're that person, and if you are, I just love you already. Maybe you're that person that you can just fix anything. You know, it's broken, and you're not afraid to dive into the middle of it and fix it. And you're like, listen, man, you can do anything with YouTube. I could have YouTube. I could have a mechanic, a master mechanic standing right next to me. And if he's going to ask me to be the hands, something's going to get lost and broken. Like, I am not that person. I wish I was that person, but I'm not. Hobbies, he's, he's saved a $600 television because he took the back off of a television and he cut a little wire that was that was literally the length of a staple. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I got this black line that's running through my television and, and now it works wonderfully. See, I would never do that. I would never open something up. Matt changes his own oil and disassembles his motorcycle. And if I disassembled my motorcycle, I would never ride it again. I wouldn't trust it. I would be like, you know what I'm saying? That certain death. Something is going to... Like a wheel is going to fall off even when I didn't touch the wheel. So what is your ability? Maybe you have the ability to walk into a room and you've got this incredible ability just to connect with people. Like you can find common ground in a matter of a moment. And, and, and you walked into an empty or a, a filled room not knowing anybody. And then the next thing you know, you, like you've got two new best friends out of the whole room. But you drop somebody else in that same space, in that same place, they're going to be a wallflower. They're just like, I'm scared, I'm afraid, you know what I mean, don't talk to me. And you can't get out of that place quick enough. See, another person, you can make every single one that you come into contact with feel valued and important. To another person, you can deal with complex things and, 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 and things that is just that is just bringing utter chaos, you know what I mean, to everybody else in the room, you automatically show up and you're like, well, we could try this and we could try that. And you just, like you got people crying under their desk at work because they're so afraid of getting fired. And now, you know what I'm saying? Like you've brought the solution to the table. What is it that God has given you that is unique? It comes natural to you. And I'm not saying that nobody can do this, nobody can function in this space, in this place, but they can't do it as easily as you because it's God-given. See, the point is this, that those who have the gift don't understand that they have got the gift. Why? Because the gift comes naturally. It's just something that they always do. And they always just kind of live in. And, and people can admire the gift. One of the ways that you can know, and this is just free, it's not even in the rest of my in the rest of my notes, but I want you to know this, that one of the ways that you can recognize a gift is just by asking, what do other gifted people see about my gift in me? See, if they can recognize it in you, it's probably a gift from God. I remember when I was seven years old, my parents were divorced, and, and uh, when I was one, and we moved to the great metropolis of Baker City, Oregon. Anybody ever been to Baker City? So, I lived there all the way up until eight years old. But when I was seven years old, I started playing soccer at the Baker City YMCA. And I'm just saying that one of my, this is, this is in total humility and whatnot, but I've always been very, very good in athletics. It doesn't matter what it is. It just comes naturally to me. And so soccer, I'd never played soccer before, but I could handle the ball very well. And I was faster than most kids 
and I scored a lot of goals at that age. But there was a rumor, there was talk of another, and we were getting ready to play this team this upcoming Saturday that this other person, this hero in Baker City, YMCA soccer, he played on this other team, and I was a bit nervous. I can remember all the way back like it was yesterday. I was anxious approaching this day. Why was I so anxious? Because I heard rumors like this kid could kick the soccer ball so hard that he even broke a kid's leg once just from the soccer ball hitting his leg. There were other rumors that this kid, the reason why he could kick the ball so hard is because he had a steel foot. Like something happened and they had to replace his foot with a steel foot. And so I was nervous, but I went up to this kid before the game and I said, man, I've heard so much about you. He said, oh yeah, really? You know, we're just like seven-year-old conversation, not even at the level that I'm sharing. But, uh, but I said, is it true? He said, is what true? Do you have a steel foot? He said, no, that's crazy. You know, that's wild. I, a steel foot. See, everybody else feared this kid because of his natural ability. But whenever I was given the opportunity to talk to him, it was no big deal. All he was was just another seven-year-old that loved the game of soccer just like everybody else out there. So a lot of the times there will be talk and there will be, there will be stories being told and all of these different things happening when all it is that you're doing is doing what you love to do. I believe that today that the room is filled with people that don't really even understand the giftedness that you have. Why? Because you just do what you do every single day, day in and day out, day in and day out. Other people identify it in you, but you don't identify it in yourself. See, God's expectation on your life is tremendously huge. How many of you know, and we talked about this last week, that God doesn't create average? He didn't create you to just live the mundane life. He didn't create you just to kind of get by. He didn't create you, you know what I mean, just to leave a little fingerprint, a little impression on the world. God created you to leave a great legacy. Whatever it is and however you do it, it does not matter, but your life is meant to count. Your life is meant to be remembered far after the years that you live. See, God's expectation are huge. We know this because of Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody knows it. For I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. What kind of God would have these incredible expectations and these awesome words being spoken over you, but did not give you the ability to do great things? He just said, I know these plans, but I'm not going to equip Joe with an ability to fulfill these plans that I have, right? I'm telling you what, that would be savage. That would be absolutely wrong. I don't know that I would want to serve a God that would say all of these incredible things about, but withhold the ability to do any of them. No, he says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And my God is not a liar and he doesn't come up short. The only time that we come up short is when we fail, come on to trust him. It really does come down to trust in a many in many situations, Proverbs 18, 16 says this, a man's gifts 
or gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And so I want you to know that the giftings that God has given you will enlarge your life. Your life is going to be better because of the gifts that God, because of the ingredients, because of the positioning, because of the purpose, because of the special, unique qualities that you have that nobody else has. At least they don't have them just like you have them. And so you will find yourself stepping into places that you didn't strive to get. A perfect example of this and I want you to know that I say this in full and complete humility, but 2022, the Chamber of Commerce, Penny, thank you so much, but this wasn't from you, it was from other business owners and other people within the community. I was honored at the Mini Casha Chamber of Commerce as as I think it was an all-star award, like somebody that has just made a difference. I didn't even know it was a thing. I didn't even know that there was something to you know what I mean, to strive for. Man, one day I would just love to be a part of that all-star team recognized by other leaders and business people and influencers in the community as somebody that has done something. I had no clue that it was there. I about fell off the stage just now. And I know you're betting on it because I hear it all the time. We're just betting when you fall off that stage, it's gonna be, I'll tell you, it probably won't be graceful, I'll tell you that. But hopefully I got some people that will help pick me back up. But I want you to know this, that when you just do what it is that you're called to do to the best of your ability, you know what I'm saying? And God gets all the glory, let me tell you, because I have nothing good to offer anybody without God's goodness in my life, and that is 100% the truth. And if you don't believe it, just ask my wife. She will tell you. But all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? You're being recognized for things that you didn't even know were a thing. Why? Because of the giftedness, what God has put in you and doing through you. Come on, people will recognize it. The pros, it's interesting. Even the absolute pros, the best of the best, they're spending thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars sometime Come on to, you know, to to be able to lift a few more pounds, to be able to gain a little bit more speed. And they're at the top of their game. And they're, they're bringing in these specialty coaches that can absolutely take them to the next level. These specialty coaches are making more money than their, their coaches that are with them throughout the years. Your gift will take you places. So why is it so dis, you know, difficult to discover your gifts? Sometimes people are like, I don't even know what my purpose is. I don't know what my gifts, I see gifts in everybody else, but I don't know what mine are. Why is it so difficult? Number one is this, because you're, too, you're spending way too much time chasing other people's gifts instead of figuring out what yours are. See, we see what we like in somebody else and we spend our time trying to develop that thing, but we were never called to live in that space in that place. And when you're chasing somebody else's gift, you're gonna bypass your own gift 10 times out of 10. Instead of just saying, God, what is it that I am created for? What is my space? What is my place? And then just do that the very best that you can do it. See, we chase gifts that we're not gifted in because we like what we see in somebody else. 
And this is a real time waster, and I believe that the enemy is behind this always. See, you need friends in life. Why do you, how do you connect gifts with friends? See, listen, it's not a real popular show anymore, but it used to be extremely popular. There was this show called American Idol, and every young kid, like, they're, they're saying, man, I could be the next American Idol. But some of those kids, like, you know that you know that you know that they didn't have any friends. Because in the event that they had a friend, the friend would say, hey, listen, I'm your friend, right? I love you, right? And you know I'm always going to be honest with you. You are chasing an area that you are not gifted in at all. But this is what we see on American Idol, and one of the reasons why it became so popular, not because of the talentedness, but people watched it because of the goofiness of people that thought that they were amazing at something but really weren't. And so they step up, man, they got their garb on, they're dressed to, for success, and they, they put their chest out, and they put their head up, and they grab that microphone like Celine Dion, and they begin to sing a Whitney Houston song that most professionals would never even try to sing. And just horrible sounds come out the microphone. And the judges are making all kinds of noises and it's going back and forth and then they finish and they think that they just killed it. They just smoked it. And then the hardship is that the judges have to be truthful. Maybe the first time that a friend or somebody's ever been truthful with them in the entirety of their life and saying, listen, man, go find something that you're good at because this is not it. You could hire a thousand coaches. You could put millions of dollars into voice coaching and training, but you're never going to be even average in this area. That's hard, right? But these are people that are chasing an idea that they should have never chased. What have they passed by all of those years in pursuit of trying to be the next American idol? They're chasing an idol, right? They're chasing an idol. And so, all right, enough of that. One of the best things that you can do is quit if you're chasing something that you're not talented and gifted in. And I'm not a quitter, and I don't even like to quit, but sometimes we just find ourselves chasing things that we have no business chasing. Number two, another reason, come on, why we don't know what it is that we're called and gifted towards is because of jealousy. And I can't even tell you, yesterday, Pastor Brandon did such a remarkable job speaking to our men, and he spoke about this thing called jealousy. When we see something in somebody else and we want it so bad to the point that, that we will begin to tear them down, tear their greatness down, tear their gift down so that we can somewhat feel better about ourselves. Once again, going back to that person that walks into the room and they're able to shake hands and make these incredible connections with people. They're just loved by everybody. See, that person, I can promise you, is living in a gift that God has given them. And it's natural, right? See, they're, they're outgoing and they're extroverts. They love people like I love dogs. They love people like I love dogs. There's not been a dog that I've ever met that I can't connect with. But there's a lot of introvert inside of me. And this is why maybe 
It, it makes no sense. It absolutely makes no sense, but I love being alone. And if you don't think so, I'm just warning you, come to my house. It's very possible everybody in the house will be like, where's Travis? Because I have removed myself and maybe gone to bed. But I love, like I love to be around people for a small period of time, but I absolutely love it more being one-on-one -on -one and I love it. Makes no sense. How in the world do you get up and talk in front of a bunch of people? But I'm telling you, I am geared in a place, in a space where I love to be alone and I love to be in smaller groups more than big groups. And so it's good to know these things about you, but jealousy is one of those things that, that you know, Brandon gave this illustration. It's probably a 50-pound chain, a 75-pound chain. And he says, hey, if I brought this and I put this on your shoulders, would you, who would sign up to pack it around all day long? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. But he said, what happens is with things like jealousy, you pick up one link of the chain at a time. You have one negative thought, and it turns into two negative thoughts. And then the next thing you know, you're packing around a 75-pound chain every single place you go, and it limits you. And guess what? If you're limited, you're never going to step into the fullness of what it is that God has for you. Right? Jealousy will keep you from addressing and finding your own gifts Matthew 25, it goes back, the ruler gives one person five talents, another person two talents, and the other one talent. The five doubles it, the two doubles it, and the one, he buries it. See, the one, the guy with the one talent's probably looking at the five talent guy and saying, hey, listen, if he loses one talent, he still has four. And then he's looking at the two talent person, he says, man, if he loses one of it, he's still going to have one. But he starts to see what it is that he has, and he's like, man, if I lose this one talent, I ain't got any talents. And so what happens is, is whenever you begin to look at what other people have, it causes you to despise what it is that God has given you. Instead of utilizing it, managing it, growing it, amen? I firmly believe if he would have approached it differently, at a minimum, he would have doubled it, and maybe even more. See, talent, a talent in the Bible is a measurement of wealth. It's a measurement of gold or silver or things like that. And one thing that I want you to know, that a talent during this time is equivalent to $1.5 million. How many of you would be okay with a one-talent gift? Right? Hey, anybody? Anybody? See, I'm telling you what, God, give me the one-talent gift, and I will manage it, and I will grow it. Like with that one-talent gift, there's some cool things that I would like to do for other people. There's some really, really cool things that I'd like to do for myself, and there's some really cool things that I would like to do. I would definitely invest a large portion of it into that gymnasium that we need so much here at Grace Church. See, God, you could trust me with one talent. I don't need five. I don't need... I don't need two, just give me one. Just give me one. You can trust me with it. And so um, we're never asked to compare what it is that we've been given. We're always asked, come on, to manage it and to grow it. Number three is this, life has a way of burying our gifts. See, see our gifts are buried when our kids are in trouble. You can't think of a talent. You can't think of a dream, right? Your kid's in trouble. You can't think of... Uh, you know, what it is that God's trying to do in your life when you're fighting cancer all the time, right? 
I just lost my job. I was worried about, you know what I mean? I'm getting close to retirement and, and I put all my eggs in one basket with this job. Now I don't have the job anymore. Come on, your dreams and your gifts and your talents are not even on your radar. They're a thousand miles away. And so life has the ability to bury our talents and therefore we won't even pursue what they are. And I just want you to know this, that when people don't know what their gifts are and when they're and they don't know what their talents are, guess what? They're going to work jobs that they were never created to work. You know how you know if somebody's not using the gift and talent that God has given them in the job that they do day in and day out? They say things like, oh man, it's Monday. And they absolutely despise going to work. They hate their job. Come on, you spend at a minimum of 40 hours a week doing what you do to hate it? And then Friday comes, it's like a party. Why is it a party? Because I get a couple of days off away from the job. Instead of doing something that you were created and called to do where you might not love every aspect of it, but you're gonna love the wholeness of it, right? It's like, man, I cannot believe that I get to do what it is that I get to do. I feel sorry for those people that even make a lot more money than I make, but they're wasting their most valuable, their most valuable commodity, time, their most valuable, precious thing that they own, their time, they're wasting it for a dollar. Some of you make a lot of dollars, but what a, what a terrible exchange. That's a terrible exchange. Come on, at the cost of your happiness, at the cost of your family, at the cost of purpose, at the cost of legacy. See, sometimes we find ourselves doing things that we absolutely hate, even the people that we work with, even our bosses know that we don't like what it is that we're doing because we're always grumpy and we're never happy and we're never satisfied, but you're good at it. But you don't even like showing up to work. Every day. If I was you, man, if you got the ability, change that as soon as possible. Life's too short. When you work at a place that aligns with your gift, you get at the end of the day, eight hours a day, and you're like, is that it? Do I have to go home? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take this home with me, and I can work a couple extra hours. Not a good deal either. You know, give time to your family. But uh, there's a book that was, uh, that's, that's an incredible book. I'm going through it again. It's by uh, Rabbi Lappin, and it's called Thou Shalt Prosper. It's an incredible book. This is talking about the Jewish culture that they are raised, that your, your job is, is not your job. Your job is your ministry. And so your job is, is, is a, a vehicle in which you can be a blessing to the community that you, that you live in. And I think it's interesting that that less than 2% of the population are Jewish in our world, are, are, are full-on Jews, Jewish people. But yet, 20%, actually a little more than 20% of the wealth belongs to that 2% population. And, and this rabbi, he talks about how their approach to life is not just to get a job and work a job, but their approach to life is to learn a trade, something that they're gonna be passionate about and do. And then the wage that they earn is, the, is, is directly represented to the blessing that they are in the community. Mm -hmm, that'll make you think just a little bit, right? 
And so, number four is this. I gotta hurry up. God hides our gifts. God will hide your gift. Well, what kind of a sick God will hide my gift? A God that doesn't want you to find your gift and your talent before you're ready for it. See, you gotta develop character, come on, before you, before the, 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 the divine revelation is, is given to you. Like, how many of you would give a million dollars to a 16-year-old kid? You're just like, man, I got it to give. I love my son so much. This is gonna show how much it is that I love. How many of you know that that million dollar gift has the ability to destroy that person that you love so much? And so why is a gift and a talent so hard to find sometimes? It's hard to find sometimes because God is withholding it for a period of time. It requires us not only to come to him for it, but given too soon, it can lead to our destruction. Proverbs 25 and two says this, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But the glory of kings is to search out that matter. My grandkids love hiding things from me. It's not like I've got a, like I can lose things on my own. Now I'm surrounded by grandkids that love to hide stuff. One of the greatest things that they hide, and they hide many things, one of the greatest things they hide is the remote control. And I'm just telling you, when I want to sit down and watch Seinfeld, like I'm, I am, I've gotten everything off of my plate, and I want to just watch me and lose myself in some Seinfeld and, and goofy humor and things like that. Like, I want to be able to turn on the TV. And I think they're hiding it because they know they can kind of frustrate me just a little bit. They hide everything, man. In the back bedroom, we found out that they had made their own pantry. By taking pantry things, or the food out of the pantry, and placing it in the, in the back pantry. How did we find this out? Because there was an old apple that had a bite chewed out of it, but they saved it, they saved it for later. And then we discovered that, oh, that's Harper's. Yep, yep. So they hide stuff. And, um, and I, just, I just want you to know that, that um, God has some amazing gifts for you, but there are preparations that, there are preparations that need to be made. Once again, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, and you'll seek me when you find me, when you seek me with all your heart. I'm gonna go ahead and skip down to number five and close out with this. Your gift needs to be developed. A lot of times people think that because it's a gift from God that you don't have to do anything with it. Like you don't have to prepare it, you don't have to work it, you don't have to grow it, you don't have to get better at it. No preparation required, but I want you to know that even the gifts that God gives you, some assembly is required. Some assembly is required. This is a stretch, and it's a big stretch, and I just want you to know that this isn't Bible, but think about this. What if this wasn't the first time that this had happened? What if this, you know, the giving of the talents wasn't the first time that this had happened? Like, what if... The guy that was given five talents, like five years ago, was only given two talents. But because he handled the two talents so well, when it was time for him to go away one more time, he's like, man, because of your abilities, I'm now going to increase that, what I give you, from two to five. And I know that you're going to manage it well, and you're going you're gonna to grow it well. See, the leader watched and knew their ability. And I want you to know today that the leader, come on, Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus is the master that goes away in this story? 
I want you to realize this, that Jesus is watching and he knows your ability. And why do you say that? I say that because what you're doing today, it matters tomorrow. I always just kind of chuckle a little bit. And I've met quite a few people that, that say things like this. Man, pastor, pray for me because I'm going to win the lottery. And, and man, when I win the lottery, like you just, I just want you to know that that gym's just going to be paid for. But in all actuality, let's be honest. Let's just be honest, because this is scriptural. It's not my thought. It's not your thought. It's not that person's thought. If you're not faithful in the small things, even though the idea sounds right, like, yeah, I could, I could see myself. But if you're not faithful in what you have right now, there's no possible way you're going to be faithful whenever you have more. And that is Bible truth. But there are many people that think, man, if I just had more then I would just, I would totally turn into a giver. But I can't really, I can't really trust God because I mean, there's so many other things that I wanna do. And if you can't be faithful in the little, how many of you know that you won't be faithful in the much? Sounds good, sounds fun, and we always have a good time. Yeah, 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 I'm really gonna pray for you that you make that. 10 times out of 10, that's not gonna happen. 10 times out of 10, you're probably not going to win the lottery. But 10 times out of 10, if you did win the lottery, you're going to find something else that, something else that's just a little bit more important than whatever it is that you said you would do. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 says it. If you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. What else is that saying? If you're dishonest in the little things, you'll be dishonest in the big things. If you're untrustworthy in the little things, then you're gonna be untrustworthy in the big things. If you wanna be great, and let me just define greatness real quick because I don't want this to, I don't want this to get weird. Like, but greatness is literally becoming all that God has created you to become. It's a greatness is not defined by what the world seems is great. Greatness is being all that you can be. Go army, right? Sometimes greatness, even in the church, we get things, man, I'll really be great whenever I do that or I accomplish this or I make this much money. But if you really wanna be great, start doing the small things, the little things really, really well. If you really want to be great, don't set your sights on being great. Set your sights on doing even the small, minuscule, minute things, the things that everybody else is looking over. Learn how to do those well. Start setting some schedules in your life, doing things that nobody wants to do. In fact, you'll probably be ridiculed if they if they knew that they were on your schedule. But start doing those things the very best that you can do them. And then the next thing you know, your life is gonna be a little bit bigger. You weren't even really focused on your life becoming bigger. It's just naturally gonna happen that way. Amen? And whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Amen? God, this is for your glory. God, I just want to be the best that I can be, not to, not to be acknowledged, you know what I mean? Not to get another plaque, not to, but God, I just want my life to reflect 
the goodness of God in every single thing that I do. In the words that I speak, the way that I, the way that I look, my yeses being yeses and my noes being noes. Amen? So this is the deal, guys, real quick. Greatness to become all that God has created you to be. Like, first of all, you got to have a relationship with Jesus. Amen. We just took communion, and I love being able to remember back at the sacrifice. It's always good to consider where it is that you are. Come on, in reflection to where it is that you were before. And I'm so grateful for the work that God has done, but that's because the Holy Spirit's in my life, and I've got a relationship with Him. Like, if you're going to pursue greatness without God, you're just, there's not going to be any other difference between you and 99% of the world that has no relationship, no covenant with the Father. And so I just want to say this, that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, like you can know him today as Lord and Savior, amen? And if you don't know if you're saved, like you can leave this place knowing that, you know what, I received Jesus on this day at this time. And though it's just the beginning, you will be able to look back and say it all began right there, right there. That guy was up on that stage and he gave me an opportunity to receive Jesus as my Lord and to forgive me of my sins. And I did just that. If there are those here today and you don't know if you're saved or not, I'm just going to ask you just to raise a hand in the air. If you don't know if you're saved, we just want to, we just, I want to pray with you is really what I want to do. Is there anybody here? Is everybody good to go? You're like, if I was going to die today, I just don't know. Anybody? Everybody's good? Well, let's celebrate that everybody knows who they are and who they belong to in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me pray for you, Lord. We thank you for today. Thank you for this time together. God, thank you for your word. My desire is, is to become everything that you've called and created me to become. And that's exactly what I want for every single person that's in this place and listening online. Help us, Lord, come on, to believe the word of God that we can become, we can do all things that we were created to do. Not because of our own abilities. Come on, just... Uh, just being resilient, but because we trust in you and we believe in you. And we've been given the Holy Ghost, come on, that empowers us to do great and mighty things, mighty things. I'm just thinking of even that day when the Holy Ghost was poured out. All they did is went down to the village and into the town and began to preach and teach. And 3,000 people were convicted to their core and said, I want this Jesus that you speak about. 3,000 were saved in that day. God, that's the kind of greatness that we want, the kind of greatness that you get all the glory for. And people's lives are changed and encouraged because of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.